Chatty Cathy's. Welcome, welcome to Mini Gabs, where we have many gabs, and we'll see how this many, many gabs will last. My name is Natalie. I'm Kina. I'm Crystal. Yay! Yay! <laughs> <laughs> Let's put you guys on the spot and see what you do. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> hey, at least you actually said your name versus, like, nod and <laughs> that's what david did right he was like yeah me that's me we're like you gotta verbalize <laughs> this is not oh a video God. dude you got one job <laughs> oh crystal's our patreon guest this week and she's also a fellow arkansian stay away <laughs> get excited when i meet other fellow arkansans i got really excited i was on uh, TikTok today and somebody was really funny and then their hashtag was hashtag Arkansas and I was like yes I love awesome people from Arkansas make us look good yeah why can't they be on the news That's I know they pick the worst I don't want to say the worst people but I mean but yeah you'd probably be right yeah <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I would like to pick maybe some more optional people to represent yeah. eight versus like let's find the most down-home stereotypical people like can we get some variety going the other day when huckabee was trending i was like oh no we <laughs> do and then it was all about the corn cob shit and i was like we do not do that no because he's like we don't need toilet paper in arkansas we know how to use corn cobs oh, like, that is not a thing a joke. Oh, oh, that is not a thing so like please I'm like we already have to deal with the shoe thing and now you're gonna make people think we use corn cobs to wipe our asses no thanks let's not do that let's not go backwards let's go forwards <laughs> arkansas let's keep this onwards mm-hmm. we are such a fantastic state but nobody knows that because the only news is <sighs> billy bob burned the down the mess state. shack the bear state the land of opportunity the natural state i know like all <laughs> I of remember those. that Back in the day when we were the land of opportunity. Yep. Because yep. we don't have unions. Kind <laughs> 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 oh, of. Man. Yeah. I mean, that's so cool. I don't. Have you guys both been to the Diamond Mines? Yes. Have you ever gotten to go? When I was a little kid, long time ago. Oh, me too. I went when I was a kid, and I thought it was the best thing i've ever done so like, that's the I get worst this- day in my life <laughs> really? my sister hated it but i was so. like i get to dig in the dirt all day and i thought it was amazing but my I sister was-, was older and she was so pissed <laughs> yeah no i was just like hot and there was nothing there and it's a bunch of dirt and i was just- i was done within like an hour i was like no oh i was so young i barely remember it i think i remember it because it was on tape it's one of those things mm, that they recorded. Mm-hmm. But my sister was a teenager and she kept on screaming, I just want to go to Disney World. This is not a- <laughs> <laughs> we haven't compared to Disney World. It's not like and then it was like a torrential downpour. And so everything started flooding and the tents started flooding. So they were all in like the cots and stuff. Oh and I remember watching the video, you see something flying up at the top of the tent. And then I remember little me, my sisters were throwing me up to like bounce all the water off the tent because everything was flooding like god damn (laughs) my dad like we had this giant i don't know it was something like a trailer and he was trying to dump the water off and then when he did that he knocked all the food out so they're like we're going home (laughs) (laughs) yeah but i remember having a great time 
I was mad I didn't find a dinosaur. My mom's like, we're not here for dinosaurs. We're here for diamonds. It's like You were probably like four years old. <laughs> I was so tiny. <laughs> yeah. I was eight and I hate, and I didn't like it. Yeah. I so maybe anything. now's the time to go with my kids. Yeah. Just whenever. And if it's rainy. Because when it was raining, apparently that's when you find things. Because it washes. Yes. It washes away. Mm-hmm. Good to know. Yeah. I just I thought everything in the dirt was dinosaurs, so I was just happy. Mm-hmm. It's like <laughs> when I was I remember when I was really little, we used to dig down in the dirt, and if you found like red, like red clay, people would be like, oh, "It's the devil." That's like a That's like Where'd you grow up? In a gravel ridge, mm-hmm. oh, okay. which is now part of North Little Rock. Oh, okay. or, no, it's now part of Sherwood. So, but then, so you've been in um, Central your whole life? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Central. My dad grew up in Harrison, and oh. um, his mom lived up there for a long time. She was a single mom, like, since my dad was, like, six. And then she she had some health issues and came down to live with us. But we still have some property up there that I haven't seen in, like, ten years. So. Oh, wow. Yeah, Harrison's yeah. my neck of the woods. Yeah. I definitely want to go back up there and kind of check things out. It's beautiful. Yeah. That's what I can say. It's like, you don't yeah. want to grow up there, but it's yeah. beautiful. And like, I'm white, so it's safe to go there. Yeah. So there's Although that. Everything I've heard about Harrison is that like, they are desperately trying to be like, we don't hate other races. We promise. Like they're trying to actively be like, we love. Well, that's good. But, that's good. I, mean, I don't know if anybody loves it's, it's it. A, hell of a legacy to try to dis- divorce yourself from. Yeah, well, they got rid of the billboards, which is a good first step. So, oh, that's good. So embarrassing. Yeah, and, totally. Uh, really didn't enjoy those. <laughs> yeah. Uh, guess the dude finally died, and they were able to get rid of him. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just gotta wait. Yay, Northern Arkansas. It's a different world up there, I swear. It's a fun fact. Arkansas is the only state that is divided naturally in the center with two distinct cultures. So like Northern Arkansas and like super Southern Arkansas are two different like dialects, two different cultures, two different everything. So it's really interesting. And it all goes back to slavery. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) It's like a geographic border from the rivers. No, it is because like it's just not the geography up there is just not for plantations. Mm -hmm. And in the southern part of the state, it is. Yeah. So that's just kind of like how it how it how the chips fell. In northern Arkansas, I never wanted to uh, settle there because you can't farm and Mm -hmm. wildlife trying to eat you. And uh, so it's mostly outlaws and people running away from like slavery or like Irish. So pretty much you're like a native Northern Arkans and you're probably one of those things. So I always thought that. And Ozark Mountains, wildlife eat you. (laughs) (laughs) We used to joke in our family, the wagon wheel fell off and that's how we ended up there. And then we found out that's pretty much what happened. (laughs) This is fine. (laughs) Oh, Arkansas, you run deep in me. It just makes me think, like, my mom and I would go on walks with the dogs, and we saw a bear near our house. And uh, and I'm from northern Arkansas, where, where they eat. And um, on the walk, I had an apple. I was, like, five. And I guess I wanted to feed the bear, so I tossed my apple at it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, here you go. And... Uh, <laughs> 
But it, it more just startled the bear and he ran away. And wow. dogs, I think they were barking too. But I was like, here we go. And I tossed my apple at it. I, wanted to I love you, bear. That's so <laughs> precious. <laughs> That's the wholesome content we need here. <laughs> so what did you discover this week, Natalie? Anything? I, I did. And I actually really like it. Oh, yay. I found this. And it says, it's called The Tree That Owns Itself. Oh. I don't know if you know this. And me being the hippie, I'm like, ooh, this is like my jam. <laughs> it's just really cool. Okay, so it, it's funny. It's a thread. So I'm just going to read a little bit through the thread of it. And The Tree That Owns Itself is a white oak tree widely assumed to have legal ownership of itself. And it's like within eight feet of its base. So it's just that big. And people were like, why? How did this happen? And and it's a thing. Like, this lady commented and put, like, my parents live in this town, and the city, the city legally can't tear the tree down to build anything on that little bit of property because the tree really owns its own legal rights. And how it happened was because this guy in the early 1800s had so many like great childhood memories of this tree and wanted to make sure it was protected no matter what. So he deeded the ownership of the tree to itself and everyone just kind of like went with it. And then in 1942, this intense windstorm came and knocked the tree over and people were kind of like bummed about it, but someone had saved an acorn from the original tree. So they, and now the son of the tree that owns itself is over 50 feet tall and it's still there. And since where these, is it at? Uh, it's in Athens, Georgia. Oh, I love this so much on South Finley Street. Oh, that is so cool. And so, since this tree is technically the offspring of the original tree, it's considered to have legally inherited the plot of land it's inhabiting yeah <laughs> so we have two generations of tree owning land it is amazing if you don't think that is then get out of their face that's what the comment <laughs> I mean, that's hilarious but yeah so i just love that it's a tree that owns its own self and then its son inherited <laughs> the tree and it's just this huge white oak and like i said it's 50 feet tall it's been there forever and people actually like it they're like it's part of their their area now it's just neat oh that is so cool okay so i think i have actually seen that tree oh that's cool yeah when i first started dating my husband he had tickets to go see some comedian in athens and we like flew down there and we visited his friends and whatever but we were in athens for the show and he was going and I was just like walking around and I pretty sure that I saw that tree. That's why I asked where, where it was. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, awesome. From what I recall, it's like, you know, your, your stereotypical, like sprawling, like wonderful tree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and there's nothing super really fancy far. about it. It's just really cool that it owns yeah. itself. No one can yeah. about it. Oh, that's, that's awesome. I, but I didn't know that part about, like, the original tree got blown over and then somebody planted the acorn and, like, this oh. is the sweetest story. It well. is. <laughs> All right. Oh. What murder and death do you have, Kina? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I can't seem to get away from it. 
<laughs> so we got a book in our P.O. box. It's Haunted Restaurants, Taverns, and Inns of Texas from Rafat. She sent it to us. And we keep on talking about the Driscoll Hotel, just like in passing, uh-huh. like LBJ stories and stuff. So I figured I would read the little excerpt out of here about it. So it says Driscoll Hotel. It is on 604 Brazo Street in Austin, Texas. And history, Missouri-born cattle baron Colonel Jesse Lincoln Driscoll made a fortune providing beef to the Confederacy during the Civil War. I don't think I've ever heard anybody providing beef to the Confederacy, but I'm, I mean, they got to eat. <laughs> yeah, so. well, like, didn't they just, like, take what they wanted? That's <laughs> true, that's what I thought. <laughs> He built the Driscoll Hotel in 1886 to serve as a frontier palace of the South and the capital of Texas. Driscoll lost the hotel in a poker game in 1887 and then died three years later. That's unfortunate. (laughs) (laughs) Constructed in a Richardsonian Romanesque style. Oh, say that five times fast. Richardsonian Romanesque style. From local brick and limestone, the hotel is characterized by arch windows, spacious balconies, and exceptional ornamentation. The hotel's most spectacular architectural features are the floor-to-ceiling arched doorways located at the entrance, busts of Jesse himself and his two sons at the entrances, and then really big Texas Longhorn steers because everything has dead animals in it in Texas. Their website says that every room tells a story, and according to the staff, (laughs) many of those are haunted. (laughs) Phantoms! But for real, everywhere I've been here has a dead animal in it. And it's kind of, it's startling. <laughs> like Literally everything. According to management, the ghosts of the Driscoll Hotel include Colonel Jesse Driscoll, a small child, Mrs. Bridges, Peter J. Lawless, two brides who died tragic deaths, and a few other phantoms who roam about this famous and historic hotel. Driscoll, who was made an honorary colonel by the Confederate Army during the Civil War, built the hotel for $400,000. That is very cheap and unheard of price at that time. Today, that's like nothing, (laughs) especially in Texas. People told him that this was foolish to spend that much money on a hotel, and he proved them right. He went bankrupt and lost the hotel at a poker game. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Three years later, he died. It is said that he has since been able to enjoy his namesake creation, so he haunts it. (laughs) A historian and tour guide from Austin Promenade Tours reported that Colonel Driscoll is sometimes seen wandering through the old portion of the hotel. He makes his presence known by smoking cigars in guest rooms and playing in their bathroom with the lights. That just seems rude. Don't blow your (laughs) cigar smoke and get in my bathroom. There's better things you can do with your time, I'm sure. (laughs) Not when you have, like, infinity time. A second spirit is simply called the small child. According to Driscoll lore, a U.S. senator was once staying at the hotel while he was attending an event in the mezzanine. A four-year-old daughter was playing with a ball. Oh, this is what we were just talking about. Spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! Or we'll be talking about. Maybe I should skip this. I'll skip this because... Yes, your story did this. Okay, moving on. Another spirit is known as Mrs. Bridges, a woman who worked the front desk for several years as an early part of the 20th century. Though she didn't die in the hotel, she was seen there late at night. She wears a Victorian dress and walks from the vault out to the middle of the lobby, the site of the old front desk. She seems to fuss with the flower arrangements, 
that would have been there in her day. Her appearances are usually accompanied by the smell of roses. Wouldn't that suck? Even when you're dead, you just keep doing your job. I don't know. I mean, to be honest. (laughs) (laughs) The spirit of Peter J. Lawless, who sold tickets for the railroad in Austin for over 30 years, is reported to roam the Driscoll. Lawless lived in the hotel from 1886 to 1916. During this time, the hotel was closed several times, but Lawless stayed on, often without staff. He had a key to his room and the front door. He has only been witnessed on the fifth floor and is dressed in period clothing. He has been spotted outside the room, unlocking the door and standing in the hallway in front of the elevator. When the door is open, he checks his pocket watch. So, if you see a dude checking a pocket watch, he ain't real. <laughs> the elevator's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. The story of tragic by bride number one. Oh. Where are all the tragic grooms is what I want to know. Right? <laughs> you never see those. Ever. They, they just they never got getting married, married and it was fine. I think <laughs> there was one. Somebody sent us the, the Charleston people, the spooky Charleston that the, the no, he died first. Never mind. I was like, <laughs> I was like maybe he was yeah, no. Uh, I lied. Okay. <laughs> Story of Tragic Bride number one goes back nearly 50 years. The wedding was scheduled to take place at the hotel, and the bride was staying there as well. Told by her fiancé the night before their wedding that the engagement was off, the de- devastated girl ran up to the room and hung herself. And it hanged herself? Is this a typo? I don't know. That's not the important part. Anyway. This- I know. I'm like, why are we focusing on <laughs> This is one of the <laughs> most active ghosts. She can be seen on the fourth floor in her wedding dress, walking down the hallways. She is most often spotted by guests who are attending a wedding or a bachelorette party. Can you imagine being on your bachelorette party? <laughs> With all the, like, the penis suckers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. And then it says it's usually considered good luck for the brides to see the ghosts before their weddings. But I'm going to say no. That's, that. She did not have a happy ending. I don't I don't see what's lucky about that. All right, let's see about tragic bride number two. The woman, a Houston socialite, was engaged to be married when her fiance called off the wedding. Seeing if Trent here. She hurriedly left on a trip to Austin to recuperate. She booked a room at the disco for an entire week and went on a shopping spree with her ex-fiance's credit card. Yes. Hey lady. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. I love that song. After after maxing out her card, she returned to her hotel room where she took her. Oh, damn it. She didn't even get to enjoy all that stuff. I mean, she is a ghost, so I should have known she was going to (laughs) die. I was really hoping the whole maxing out she just like just enjoyed life, but no, no. She was eventually discovered by a bellman. The woman's ghost is often seen in the hallway around Halloween, wearing a wedding gown and sporting a handgun. That'd be outstanding. I don't want my ghost to have guns. I don't really want ghosts anyway, but (laughs) no guns. She is also seen in the restrooms on the balcony level. A woman once went into the restroom while her husband waited outside the door. While she was in the stall, another woman suddenly stuck her head under the door and leered at her. 
no, 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 no. <laughs> that is terrifying. That is like, terrible etiquette in real life. <laughs> <laughs> etiquette. <laughs> there should be boundaries. <laughs> not be able to haunt you in your most vulnerable state. I just. No, I'm really trying to picture like the face that she made, like leered at her. Like, what is what is that face? What kind of ghost peeks under a stall? Like, I just I don't know. Woman seated, screaming loudly, like you do. And her husband came running into the restroom. He felt something move past him, but he saw no one. When his wife described him, when he saw. The front desk immediately recognized the description as Tragic Bride Number Two. Maybe she's pissed that they didn't give her a name. Have they thought of that? Yeah, she's Tragic I mean, Bride. They they know her name. <laughs> they have like, to. Yeah, I'd be pissed. Say my, name. Ah! Say my name. Say my name. All the old school songs. <laughs> Although these are the only spirits with actual names, you didn't give me a name. Several other <laughs> the hallways and quarters. The spirits are both helpful and mischievous. Hotel elevators ascend and descend without the help of guests or staff, yet no one is ever on them. The elevators are repeatedly examined by repairmen, but nothing is ever found mechanical-wise. Housekeepers often report that the elevator doors will open and the buttons being pushed or find that the button for their destination floor was already been pushed by someone unseen. So probably just some ghost kid playing with the elevator. Cause that's what kids do all the time. Four year old. Yeah. <laughs> just push the guarantee. You. Guests have called the front desk in the middle of the night reporting that someone has pushed them out of bed. Oh no. That's another one of my big notes. Don't touch me when I'm in bed. Just don't do it. <laughs> Or under the, under the stall. No, I'm adding that to my list. I just I don't want anything touching me. I just no. I think paranormal activity ruined me. Like when I grabbed the ankle and dragged her down the hall. I'm like, nope, 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 mm-hmm. nope, don't touch me. Ooh. Other guests find that their furniture has moved during the night. Singer Annie Lennox, while staying at the Driscoll during a concert tour, laid out two dresses on the bed prior to an appearance. After showering, she found that one of the dresses had been put away. It is assumed that Lennox had been visited by the ghost of Colonel Driscoll himself, the lead singer of the band, <laughs> Concrete Blonde Jeanette Na- uh, Napolitano, wrote a song about her own ghostly experience during the stay called Ghost of the Texas Ladies Man. I have no idea who that is. <laughs> <laughs> On one occasion, a hotel banquet director was standing in front of the mirror by the tower elevators around six in the morning when he heard laughter and conversation coming from the elevator. He waited for the noisy group to reach him, but when the elevator doors opened, it was empty and a cold gust of wind brushed by him. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Confused, the man was about to enter the elevator when he was startled to hear the same voices he had just heard coming from behind him. He turned around quickly and then he was stunned to see it completely empty. And then he continued to hear the voices going down the hall. Oh, no. No, thanks. A hotel janitor was working in a guest room on the fourth floor when light suddenly switched off and on, followed by water that began to run in the bathroom sink. The janitor had experienced a similar incident months earlier while shampooing the rugs on the fifth floor. That time he kept hearing the doors opening and closing, so he attributed this recent incident to the spirits, who also enjoyed toying with the ice machine, even though it was unplugged. He seems very chill about everything. <laughs> like, this is very nonchalant. 
Another time he was greeted by an elderly man dressed in a tuxedo walking towards room 529. The trouble was he could see through this guest as he walked through the door. The janitor followed close behind him, opened the door to the room, and as he suspected, there was nothing in there but cigar smoke. Why is he so calm? <laughs> oh, man. There's a lot of... Well, he might not have been calm at the time. It's more factual now, listing it out. Okay. I think there's just one. Uh, one evening, a girl and a group of five who were visiting the Driscoll Lounge went to the restroom while the others waste, or wasted, waited. I bet was- <laughs> they were probably waiting. Yeah. While she was alone in the bathroom stall, an elderly woman peered in on her, although the girl never heard the outside door open or close. Once outside, the girl asked her friends about the older woman who peeked in her stall. They all denied seeing anyone enter the bathroom while they were outside. Why are they all peeking in the stalls? What is up with that is so rude. I don't know, but I do agree with Jeff's statement. That, that ghost can smell fear. <laughs> <laughs> and the last one. Housekeepers have had a hard time completing their cleaning chores in room 419. After finishing, the maids frequently have found footprints on the newly vacuumed floor, disturbed bed covers, and the dresser drawers are always pulled open. And they report being overcome by the feeling of being watched and followed. So be a big nope for me. <laughs> yeah, let's pass. <laughs> big pass. It's very pretty. But, uh, yeah. I almost had drinks there, and then I'm old, and I was like, I want to go to bed, so then I passed. Probably should have. But I didn't. Mm-hmm. It's very pretty. But I'm over there. I'll go back. Maybe not stay there. I don't want them staring at me in the back. <laughs> <laughs> Poking their head onto the stall and, like, Snarling. I've never uh. heard of that before. I, I read a lot of ghost things, and I've never heard of a two ghosts poking in while you're doing your business. That's just that's very just rude. rude. It's just one calling the other, like, "Hey, you got to check this out." This person obviously needs to go to the doctor. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, thanks. Nope. 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 Well, Crystal, I'm so glad that you are able to join us. Uh, my first question for you before we start finding out, like, super, super personal information that we obviously must need to know and share. What is your drink? What are we drinking? White Russian with chocolate syrup. Ooh. Ooh. I was like, it looks delicious. <laughs> and whipped cream vodka. Nice. That yeah. amazing. Because if you can't tell, I have a major sweet tooth. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, this sounds amazing. And I'm almost, I'm almost out. No. I know, like <laughs> refill time. That's what it looks like. <laughs> yes. It's actually, true. this is the first one of these that I've actually made for myself. Oh, he was cool. busy. <laughs> so, like, this is how you make it. <laughs> oh, I love it. Men are awesome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Most of the time. Uh, Jeff's, of course, another question is uh, what's your favorite dinosaur? It's also very important. The brontosaurus, because it apparently it doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> I, 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 I can't keep up with all that, but yeah, sure. Like the old, old school. Although, like, I was a big fan of Jurassic Park when it came out. Velociraptors, man. Mm-hmm. Clever girls. Clever girls, yes. Was <laughs> uh, yes. it? Yeah, that was the last mini. She's like, yeah, because the women lead the pack. And I'm like, that's true. Old, 
What's my favorite old school curse word? Curse word. What's your favorite curse word? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> What's the one? It's not a curse word, but slattern. Uh, like slattern is like a lazy ass when she just sits on her ass all day, and that's what I feel like I <laughs> like keeps the messy house. Her kids are feral. Oh god, that's me. If I had kids, slattern. Um, I don't know. I think. No, I'm. I'm just gonna go with that and say it's a curse word. Oh, I love that. I do like strumpet. I think my grandpa called my mom a strumpet once, and she's like, "I don't know what that means." <laughs> Pretty sure that was the word. Well, she used to like wear long skirts, and then when she would sneak out of the house, she would hem up the, make them really, really short, and her dad caught her. Mm. Oh, I do have like a really, really old school slang thing. So I used to do, uh, I used to volunteer for a living history at the Yorktown American Revolution Museum thing. And in 18th century dress, you have like your, your petticoats and stuff, and you have a pocket you actually tie on. So it's like a bag on string. You tie it around your waist, and then you put your petticoat over it. So you, it's like a giant, it's this giant pocket. It's like a purse that you wear on your waist. And it can, of course, be lost. So you can lose your pocket. But apparently that's like, that was slang for like losing your virginity. Oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> so <laughs> somebody came in talking about like, I lost my pocket. <laughs> and this other girl was like, <laughs> oh, that's funny. oh my God. Uh, did you go down to the Coral Parkway last night? Wink, wink. <laughs> like, so how did you get into doing like the living history there? So I moved to Williamsburg, Virginia, in about uh, 2011 to take a job at Colonial Williamsburg, but it wasn't in costume. It was um, like behind the scenes uh, fundraising, and um, I really, really, really wanted to do costumed stuff, but. For one reason or another, it just like didn't work out. And eventually, um, after I had my firstborn and I started working part time, I had time to volunteer. And so I started volunteering at an organization down the street, down the street, like 15 minutes away. Um, <laughs> and I got to do like one day a week there. And it was, I loved it so much. Oh, so yeah, it was awesome. It was I'm really glad I got that opportunity. So I've not been blessed to be able to go there yet, but I would probably geek out. You should just book, <laughs> block out a week. I'm serious. Like if you're a real history nerd and you want to go to Williamsburg, it's going to take a week. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because you want you're going to want to go to Jamestown. You're going to want to yeah, go to Yorktown. Yeah. Like, and there's just so much so there much. going on. And Bush Gardens. You should also go to Bush Gardens for a day because that's fucking fun it's amazing especially without kids it's amazing it's good with kids too but you know what i mean like yeah yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well i have never been on the east coast other than like florida georgia which don't really count so i definitely want to do a major <laughs> so you play the cello i play the viola viola that's it yeah. and I you do. you mentioned that you're playing for like stores recently or yeah, um, I went out last week, the week before, and just, like, 
kind of busked, but for free <laughs> in front of my local Kroger because I don't know. I just really I enjoy performing and it's it's just so crazy right now. And for me, like classical music, especially Bach, really like centers my soul, you know? And um that's what I a lot of what I play when I used to um in the fall I was playing at the a farmers market, a local farmers market. Um, and I really enjoyed doing that and people seem to like it. So that's so cool. I'm yeah. sure probably helped a lot of people like relax. I hope so. <laughs> yeah. Well, like, it's almost like, I mean, it's not, but you, you get a little bit tense going into the grocery store now, you know? Yeah. Hmm. I know Zeke went yesterday and they had guards, like armed guards at the doors. <gasps> I'm like, that's just. Holy crap. Yeah, they're hiring out the police to just hang out now at the entrance and exit. And it's a, uh, yeah, it's getting wild. Oh, I don't like that. Texas, nobody goes to Walmart because everybody goes to HEB. So he just goes to Walmart because there's everything. Almost I everything. See. But, uh, we haven't been able to find paper towels in like three weeks. We're like, what is happening? <laughs> I know it's the same with toilet paper. And luckily, Walgreens restocked and I bought. A pack and it's like I'm not even want to be obsessive. I just need to buy a pack. Like, goddamn. I was so lucky. Like the week that New York was posting pictures of all the toilet paper being gone, we were almost out. So I was like, um, I gotta go to the store. And I was like, oh look, all the toilet paper. And it was like days later that it hit here and everything was gone. I was like, what is yeah. it was and then it was like all the meat was gone the next time I went. And I was just like, oh, this looks like apocalyptic. It's just uh, Jeff wants to know what historical figure you would invite to dinner and uh, challenge to a fist fight. <laughs> um, I it can be the same person or different people. I don't know. I um, I'm really weak, so I will probably pick someone like even weaker to like <laughs> fight. It's tiny. <laughs> Like maybe like Marie Antoinette or like ah, yeah. dainty little you know some dainty socialite lady to fist fight. Um, yeah, definitely. I mean, like um, Bloody Mary, she was very feeble. She was very weak. She was sick. <laughs> I don't feel bad about that though. Yeah. She did murder a lot of people though. So like, yeah, I'm like. To dinner, ah, it would have to be somebody who is like who could tell a lot of good stories. It's very charming. I'm gonna say Benjamin Franklin. Ooh, he's probably got a lot of stories. Yeah, <laughs> I want to hear all the sex stories. Sex <laughs> stories. Oh God. Just even his papers that he published. Can you imagine all the stories he didn't tell people? Man, oh my gosh. <laughs> he didn't. I don't know. Maybe he was one of those people who just like laid it out all out, laid it all out on the table. Yeah. There might, no be, they, there might be like an adult section somewhere, like in history. <laughs> and they're like, all right, so these are all of our regular library or doctrines or whatever paperwork. And then behind these these beaded <laughs> the adult section. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man yeah that's a good answer he would be 
Very wild time. He had to have been charming. The French ladies were like, oh yeah, totally. So yeah. I mean, he convinced the French to basically fund our war that got oh. them murdered. So he must have been yeah. very charming. Yeah. No, I prefer Jeff. I prefer get that charm. Get it. <laughs> get, get it. That charm. <laughs> That's how our accents go anyway. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so did you go to school? Did you go to college? No. <laughs> no, I did. No, no, I did. I went to Robber Baron schools, founded by Robber Barons, Vanderbilt and Carnegie Mellon. Yeah, I went there. I got my degree in music, and then I came back to Arkansas and worked various jobs, including working for the symphony and hiring orchestra musicians for that, and that was really fun. And then I wanted to like advance in that career, so I got my master's in arts management, and then I then I went straight to Colonial Williamsburg and. I, <laughs> I like to tell people that um, Colonial Williamsburg is like it's kind of like putting on an opera every single day. Oh yeah, <laughs> because yeah. there's like the the costumes and like the buildings and oh yeah, there are like historic buildings and it costs more to repair things because you have to hand make them on site and like it's an incredibly complex um, organization. But the people who work there are, for the most part, like they're. The nerdiest, coolest history nerds like you've ever met. And they're all just so genuine and they really care about history and about bringing people face to face with it. And it's, it's just an amazing, amazing place. So I miss I miss it a lot. But now I'm, I'm closer to family and my kids can see their grandparents. And So Jeff asked, what historical time period would you choose to visit? That's a really hard question. It is. I'm just going to say a whole bunch of them and say why. (laughs) So I do definitely want to go back like to the 18th century, like late 18th century, because like I spent so much of my time in Williamsburg and all that. Um, Just to kind of see like there's, there's very, strong opinions held on how certain things were and it would be nice to see like what was the actual thing but now that I'm doing my history of mom life project has me a lot more interested in 20th century history that you know I previously I don't know I wasn't really into 20th century history but now I'm getting more interested in it and I think it would be really neat to go back to like the 40s and 30s because post-war was just so different like everyday life was so different than even like one generation before like the 30s like people were still like heating up water and putting it in a like a tub in front of the fire to take baths in the 30s and in the 50s like everybody almost everybody has modern bathrooms Mm -hmm. so I don't know I would just be interested to see like especially like 20s 30s 40s like everyday life like how people were managing that and yet it was still considered like the modern age yeah so I don't know I think that would be really interesting that's a really interesting point there was like such a fast change from Mm -hmm. you know non 
like I said, just there's no technology to all the technology. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's uh, yeah. it's kind of like those scenes from like Iron Man where they have all these weird inventions. That's what I see like the 50s being like, everybody have all the inventions. You mm-hmm. need them all. <laughs> yeah. Grab this fridge and weird toaster. and Like what? I don't have to do my laundry by hand? Yeah. yeah. And then put all your ladies on Valium. It's fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, you talk about technology. Do you want to talk about your YouTube page? I'd love to. Uh, yes. Thank you. Experience that kind of technology. So my YouTube page is called the history of mom life. You can just go to YouTube and search for the history of mom life and mm-hmm. I will be there. And what I'm trying to do, and I did take a month off in March because it was insane. But I'll be getting back back on in April. I'm trying to go back in time 10 years every month. So in January, I looked at the 2000s or the 2010s. In February, I looked at the 2000s. And next up is the 90s. So um, that's why I have some of these old school songs in my head. (laughs) (laughs) um, My husband, like, he loves making playlists like no one I've ever met in my life. <laughs> so, like he doesn't really have hobbies, but he loves to make playlists. <laughs> um, and he's been making me these playlists of like 2010s, 2000s, 90s, and he's already got my 80s playlist up for me. And I'm like, oh um, man, <laughs> I'm behind. I'm way behind. But um, anyway, yeah, just trying to live with the technology of that time, mm-hmm. and it wasn't different at all for the 2010s week like at all yeah it was just about the same <laughs> yeah but 2000 was was a big difference like in 2000 the year 2000 i personally did not have a cell phone oh me either yeah. you know mm-hmm. um i didn't text i remember hearing about people texting during college and i'm like well why didn't you just right? make a phone call <laughs> <laughs> I vividly remember the first time somebody took a photo with their phone and it blew my mind. <laughs> I was like, how did you do that? And it was at a concert in like 2004 or something. And I was like, what is this black magic? <laughs> and it's like, imagine us today, everything. We can just take a picture of yeah. everything. It yeah. just blew my mind. So I'm, I'm trying to do that. So um, the, the original plan was I would be in... 1900 in December, but I think I'll be in 1910 now because I took a month off because the world went crazy. Oh, um, <laughs> I think people can forgive that. <laughs> I think you'll be fine. I think yeah. Although I am, I am um, pretty all right. That's um, how quarantined into a 1950s housewife mm-hmm. <laughs> um, because I um, the nature of my work is such that like I have the secondary income. My husband has a primary income. So like my primary job right now is to keep the kids out of his hair so he can work from home. Mm-hmm. So I'm like pretty much a stay home mom now. <laughs> um, but like there are some good things about it, you know, like uh, since the weather is so nice lately, like been opening up the windows and like, it just makes me feel so much more connected to the world around me just to have the windows open. Mm-hmm. Even if I'm still inside, um, it just makes me feel so much better. And that's what people used to do. You know, like I feel like we're just hermetically sealed in our houses so much these days. And it's a real shame. Mm-hmm. So anyway, doing stuff like that, just kind of trying to see, you know, what is technology doing for me? And how is it not working for me? And just make sure that 
if I'm going to be using it, it's I'm using it. It's not controlling me, you know? So that is so cool. Thanks. I love your YouTube channel. I've always been fascinated also about like, the history of motherhood because mm-hmm. there's a lot of like centuries where motherhood wasn't really a thing. Like if you had enough money, you didn't see your kids. You just yeah. hand them off to somebody. Yeah, totally. <laughs> it wasn't really until the 19th century with the whole concept of like, oh, you should love your kid and take care of it. Mm-hmm. Game around. It's just so mm-hmm. fascinating. Yeah. Like yeah, you said, totally. just like 1900s on, just everything happened so quick. Mm-hmm. It's so fascinating. Yeah. And, you know, honestly, and it's hard to talk about, but like birth, so birth rate and infant mortality had to have had a huge impact on hood, like in the early 19th century and earlier. Like mm-hmm. how, how attached are you going to get to an infant if you've already had like three die? Like, I don't know. I'm just... I'm just yeah. conjecturing. Like, I don't, I don't know what that would be like, but it sounds awful. And I could totally understand, like, to protect oneself that you would just, like, wouldn't get attached to them, really, until they get older. Yeah. So, anyway, sorry, that's pretty down, but. Oh, yeah, like, I think, like, <laughs> one of our stories we talked about where it's like, oh, they had 10 kids, but only, like, four made it to adulthood. Yeah. It was such a thing that happened. It's yeah. Like, Absolutely. I imagine. I mean. You don't yeah. really see people like my grandma had like 13 brothers and sisters. You don't mm-hmm. really see that anymore. But back then you needed kids yeah. to like take care of the crops. Right. right. Yeah. Like everything about parenthood Absolutely. has changed. It's. Uh, yeah. And it's interesting now because a lot of people are choosing not to have kids now. And it's like the mm-hmm. first time ever where we don't have enough people to replace the population, I think is what they're saying. So. Isn't that good? Almost just be all right. It'll be fine. It'll work work out. It'll work out. It'll be fine. I'm not gonna. (laughs) I'm not gonna procreate just because the government tells me I should. (laughs) And some people shouldn't. Good job. job. Like the ones that were at spring break, maybe they should not reproduce. (laughs) Oh my god! Yeah. They're young and they think they're invincible. They do. They do. And also don't care. They really don't. I I told Natalie, I was like, I applaud the dude that he begged his kid not to go to spring break because they live with their grandparents. They're sick and they're living with them. And he's like, do not go. And he went anyway. And then the dad kicked him out. He's like, you're not coming home. And he was like, bitching on Facebook and everything. Like, I got kids at my house. And everybody's like, no, you deserve that. Like, yeah. don't kill your whole family because you wanted to grab some beers and party and, and some titties. Yeah. <laughs> Probably funny, but we got nothing. That is more likely. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. But I like, even here in New Braunfels is a huge spring break thing. And I saw mm-hmm. that so many people kept going, even though the city's like, please stop. And now everybody is coming down. New Braunfels is getting hit so hard with it because mm. they stop partying. Oh. So I'm holding off in my little corner of Seguin being like, don't come here. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I can kind of empathize with the people who make money off the of spring breakers mm-hmm. too. Because like yeah. they might be small businesses and mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's just it's shitty. Oh yeah. It's it's such a weird time and it's so weird for me to like this is such a huge part of history. Mm-hmm. Like there's no way around it. We are gonna be in books someday. 
Like this whole time is me like if we have kids, grandkids be like, what was that time where the whole world shut down? Be like, oh, let me tell you about the toilet paper shortage of 2020. (laughs) So there's a park at the um, end of our block and there's caution tape around it. Like there's caution tape around the swing sets. And I keep like every time I drive past there, I'm like, I need to stop and take a picture of this because like this is the picture that my like my kids need for when they're 25 or whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what else can we ask you? What are you going to ask her? I have I yes. have stuff for you. I have I have I like informations. Stuff. Oh Ooh. yeah, what what did you research? <laughs> so, um I watched this BBC documentary called there's a whole series of them called Hidden Killers of the Blank Home and they're different eras in time. And this one is the post-war home, which I thought would be like cool to watch because like, I'm doing the whole like retro mommy thing. Mm-hmm. So there's like, they list like a whole bunch of things that will like kill you or seriously injure you in like a 1950s British house. I will tell you about these things. <laughs> yes. Okay. <laughs> the first one is chemistry set. <laughs> So apparently they were like experimenter today, scientist tomorrow, and all these like teenage like boys and preteen and like teenage boys are are doing these chemistry sets. And the whole point is like you want something to like blow up and make cool colors and impress your friends, mm-hmm. but you know like it can also seriously injure you because they had things like. Living room window blown out. Um, oh, no. Yeah, <laughs> two fourteen-year-old boys seriously injured when trying to make liquid oxygen. Oh, no. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the test tubes were like really thin and flimsy because, of course, they want to make them as cheap as possible. They had this tube that was designed like it was a tube for the Bunsen burner, and it was designed to hook up to the gas from your stove. So you have all the gas like that usually just goes to your stove going to this little bitty flame. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Like the the directions in these kits say like, oh, we don't have any recommendations or we don't want to tell you things to do because we want you to be free in your experimentation. (laughs) But there's no like, like guidelines about how much of of different products to use with different um, handy. so yeah a little mention of parental supervision or how to dispose <laughs> of materials or like many of the things that were in the set would just like burn your skin on contact so, <laughs> wow and <laughs> Jeff was like that's cool <laughs> <laughs> Typical, typical male response. <laughs> At least one that had uranium dust and a Geiger counter in it. Oh, oh no. But it didn't sell very well because, of course, it didn't explode. <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, chemistry says. Wow. Yeah. At least one 15-year-old kid died. Oh, um, no. In a, accident from a chemistry set in the uk so oh geez yeah yeah that was crazy that's, that's <laughs> not that's not great <laughs> yeah <laughs> i love how they just shifted gears 
<laughs> yeah, she says she had a set too when she was a kid. So yeah, funny. I mean, a lot of people do, you know, who are scientists now, they're like, I had a chemistry set as a kid and it pushed me towards science. I mean, mm-hmm. like, well, like, they're a lot better now. Wow. <laughs> anyway, the other thing they talked about was plastics. So the two major things were, the two major safety hazards were the polyurethane 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 filling inside sofas Mm -hmm. so that was a new thing it's not like wool or horse hair or something like that it's this plastic material and it allowed for like different designs and it's a lot more comfortable you know it doesn't you don't have to like fluff it up or anything but also people smoked a lot back then (laughs) yeah So there were like a lot of house fires started by Mm. cigarette butts landing on the sofa or people falling asleep while smoking. Mm. And like, yeah, people definitely died from house fires because their sofa caught on fire. And the other thing is not just that it's flammable, but like it melts as it burns. And then there's like this pool of burning liquid underneath your sofa. Yeah. And it also gives off cyanide gas. Oh, no. <laughs> which will, like, kill you before the actual heat does. Wow, that's like a triple whammy. Yeah, it's pretty bad. <laughs> and, so like, bad. and this next one is, like, is definitely the saddest one. Um, I think they get less sad from here on out. But Okay. <laughs> so, so there's this plastic, like, plastic and clothing. And it makes them really cheap and easy to wash and everything like that. <laughs> that falls asleep. It happens. Lots it of people. It does happen. Yeah, especially those who like drink and smoke. Like they'll be just drinking or smoking in the chair, watching TV. It's like late at night and they just drift to sleep holding their cigarette or something. Yeah. It happens a lot. Yeah. So anyway, people are in these um, clothes with plastic in them. And unfortunately, they're really popular for like little girls night dresses. Oh no. Yeah. And um, they were, this is at a time where people are still using a lot of gas to heat their homes. They may still mm-hmm. be using open fires. They may have electric radiator, like electric fires, what they call electric fires in the UK that may not have a guard and just like stray sparks um, just get too close to the heat and the clothing actually melts and drips onto the skin and can cause really bad burns. And like 300 people each year for a certain span of time died. Oh my God. Because of this. So finally, like they legislated like guards on fires and everything, but like, yeah, a little extra death for your flaming death. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Yeah. But that one, that was like the most depressing one to me. Wow, that's really sad. But yeah, and the TVs would catch fire too because remember they, if you've ever seen like a, a old TV, they're like a piece of furniture, they're wooden, mm-hmm. but like they were made of wood. They're maybe not insulating the wires the way they should. There's not proper ventilation. And if you leave them on too long, it can cause your house to catch on fire. Yeah. They talked about DIY home improvement. Like, obviously, everybody DIYs their home. But especially in the UK at that time, like, 
first of all, everybody was buying homes because wages were rising faster than the cost of a home. So everybody's mm-hmm. buying a home. But and here's the thing. You couldn't get hold of a professional to do stuff on your house because they were all already hired to rebuild houses that had gotten destroyed during the war. Oh. So if you wanted to like modernize your home so that it would look like all these ads that you're seeing, you like you're very motivated to do it yourself. So people were like doing their own electrical wiring, (laughs) using electric drills that previously only professionals used, but now they're like, oh, all these people are going to buy our electric drills. Let's sell them to all of them. And so like you have this guy like using his electric drill on a boat. Oh. Yeah. So um, there was definitely some electrocutions and safety switches on power tools like didn't really exist you had to like unplug it to stop it so like if you accidentally cut off your finger like now it would like stop automatically Mm -hmm. but it didn't do that then no no yeah oh god yeah how did we survive as a species i just Okay, there's only two more things. Okay. And the, they talked about salmonella poisoning in the kitchen. So, and this is kind of a specifically UK thing also. They didn't get out of rationing until 1954. Oh, wow. Yeah. And people, like the demand for meat skyrocketed because they had not been able to buy all the meat they wanted for so long. So they're like, ah, we want to roast on Sunday. And there were literally not enough cattle and sheep and things like that to provide a roast. Like they, they do not grow fast enough, mm-hmm. you know? So they were like factory farming chickens and they were like, Oh, Hey, look, there's chickens. But the way they were like raising them, they came to your house, like infected with salmonella <laughs> um, maybe. And another thing that's a very UK thing is that, Middle-class housewives, in previous generations, they would have had servants, like at least one person who would like do some cooking and stuff like that. But after the war, domestic service, just like like nobody's doing that. Mm-hmm. And so these women are doing everything themselves that they were not used to. So they didn't know about like washing your hands. Aww. And stuff like that. And so, like, people were getting food poisoning. <laughs> so, yeah. And the Aww. last one is really scary. So, and I think this is a specifically UK one, too. Okay, this is the last one, I promise. Um, <laughs> right. Oh, good. They, um, <laughs> hey, this is, this is, like, historical AF. Like, it is. Like, Yeah. Um, so apparently over there, they had these, they said 1950, half of homes had no indoor bathroom. Can you, like, they must've had like shared ones down the hall or something. Yeah. Still like, oh my gosh. But anyway, so this is like a new thing and everybody's getting indoor bathrooms. And for some reason, I have no idea why, but they have like an independent gas boiler in the bathroom. To like for the hot water. Mm-hmm. I don't know why they do that, but that's what they were doing. The problem is 
money bathrooms are not big enough to safely burn the gas without creating carbon monoxide. Oh, no. If it's not properly ventilated. Oh, no. And of course, like, if you're, if it's a cold day and you want to take your bath, like, you're closing the window, like, you're closing everything off so the heat stays in. And also, apparently, like, the steam keeps it from burning safely somehow. Mm. And, like, people were, like, gassed to death from carbon monoxide in their bath. So, crazy. So, when you think about the 1950s and how idyllic it was, it was not. That is my point. Death. (laughs) Death and fire. (laughs) So many flames. So many fires. So bad. (laughs) How did we survive? I don't know, man, but we're here. High five our long gone ancestors for surviving the 50s. Uh, and I like a lot of those were UK specific, but I know that we had a lot of the same oh, shit over sure. here. Yeah. Like for sure. But no, that's a really it's a really good series, um, the whole Hidden Killers series, because they do like the Tudor home, the Victorian home, like the Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I I love BBC documentaries. Oh, BBC is amazing. I watch them all on YouTube. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I love BBC stuff. I love their their shows too. Big fan. I mean, I have a TARDIS in my living room, so that should tell you something. <laughs> like full size. Yeah. Yeah, yeah girl. Life size. It's a bookshelf. <laughs> but yeah, and it's funny because we'll have people come in like maintenance people or something. Like somebody came and fixed our air conditioning, and he was like, "Is that a TARDIS?" I was like, yeah, he's like, does it work? And I'm like, well, I mean, I can't travel through time and space, but it's a bookshelf. That works. He's like, oh, okay. it's useful. Like, it actually <laughs> works. Work how? I was like, <laughs> it lights up. I don't know what you want. But yeah, it was it was the first thing my husband ever made for me. So I was like, yeah, we're going to get married. <laughs> if Aww. you make a good He didn't want to bring it here. And I was like, it is coming. We are not leaving it in Arkansas. But it did make the move. It did. Okay. It was in the last trip that uh, came with. Oh my God. Yeah. How many like, trips did you make? Uh, well, we moved ourselves. So it was about like five trips. It was not fun. Yeah. So we came in August and we brought the first load and left it in a storage unit. And then when he'd come visit me, because I was still in grad school, he'd bring back more stuff. And then the oh. last trip that I came back, we took the last bit. Me and the dogs, my car full, and then the trailer and everything. It was not fun. That's it why I'm like, I'm like, I want to go to Arkansas to visit, but after that many trips <laughs> back and forth, I'm like, I just, I just yeah. It. It was yeah my husband and I did the whole like pack everything you own, all your earthly possessions into one huge truck mm-hmm. and load up the van with kids and drive. Oh, I can't imagine with kids. It was hard enough with dogs. <laughs> Yeah, the military would move us, but if we did it ourselves, we kind of made money. So, like, Mm -hmm. they pay you based on how much everything weighs. You have to go through a weigh station and stuff. But but it was funny, though, because he went in front of me and the TARDIS was like TARDIS in our bed in the trailer. And it was just how many people are honking, being like, woo, Doctor Who. (laughs) Aww. Yeah, good times. Made somebody's day, I'm sure. 
Anywho, more about you. <laughs> oh my gosh, more. Are you reading anything? Um, you don't have time to read. You know, with your crazy and with your kids and everything. Um, I haven't. I'm not reading anything. Like, there's several things that I've been trying to read. So I'll tell you about those. I'm trying to read The Feminine Mystique because I feel like that's something I should read if I'm doing this project. It's really interesting. Mm -hmm. And like so much of it is like still applicable. Yeah. You know, I have started a little bitty book called The Quotidian Mysteries, which is a theology essay something. And it's mm-hmm. subtitled Laundry, Liturgy, and quote-unquote women's work. Oh, no. um, so, <laughs> I don't know. She, I, I have only read a few pages of it. And now that I'm home all the time, like, I want to garden all the time. And so, I, like, am going through my gardening books. Just, like, flipping through them. Oh, man. I love them so much. I just, it gives me so much pleasure just to, like, flip through a gardening book. And imagine all the things that could be. But then, like, even if I don't do them, like, I'm still happy. Yeah. I feel the same with cookbooks. Like, yeah. I probably won't buy any of these ingredients that you can only get one place on the other side of the world. But I love to look at the pictures and to see, like, how it's done, how it's created. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. During this crazy pandemic, my mom went to Walmart and she saw someone buying a, a fruit tree or something like that. And she was mm-hmm. just... It, to her, in her mind, this was a joke, but I know how much she's panicking with everything. So to me, I'm like, why are you judging this person buying a tree? And she's like, you know, you think you would buy just more supplies and things like that during this time. And and she's like, plus our future is crazy. It's so unknown. She's like, and yet he's buying a tree, like something so permanent. And I'm like, Mom, he's thinking harder, not smarter. He's going to have fruit in the season when we're going to be just out of luck. <laughs> Like, I don't know. She's like, it was a joke. And I'm like, you're, no. No, that wasn't a joke, No, that was a serious trying to play it off as a joke. Yeah. (laughs) She makes me laugh. Jeff's got a good one. What's your favorite place you've visited? And I would like to know your favorite movie, if you have one. Okay, my favorite movie is easy. It's really dumb. It's Twister. (gasps) I love love Twister. Yes. You know what? Actually, I, I think I remember you guys talking about this on another episode, and you guys were talking about how much you loved it. And also, these are my people. Cow. I, I make that cow. every time there's a horrible storm, I'm like, where is a cow? Now, a cow I, is randomly saying I don't it. know if it's like an Arkansas thing or what. Oh, probably. No, yeah. It but, was, or perfect time for our age. It came out at like. Yeah. 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 Well, the other thing is, like, it. It's very formulaic. Like mm-hmm. things happen when you expect them to happen and everybody ends up happy. And like, yeah. Favorite place I visited. Oh, gosh. I'm going to, I'm going to go with an easy one and say, um, my mom's family's cottage up on Lake Ontario. It's Ooh. really close. To, yeah, it's really close to uh, Fort Niagara, Niagara Falls. Mm-hmm. It's very simple. My grandpa built it in 1950 something, 
and we all like take turns going up there. Um, it's not huge, but it's just like really, really sentimental. And <laughs> we always go up in the summer when it's like so fucking hot in Arkansas. <laughs> 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 go up there, and it's like fifty-eight degrees at night. <laughs> so I would say that's the favorite, my favorite place that I've visited, even though I've visited lots of. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Have you ever it been is- to a place that was haunted? Or do you even believe in hauntings and all the supernatural stuff? I do stuff? believe in hauntings. I don't ever want to see a ghost because I think <laughs> it would scare the shit out of me. Um, I mean, Fair I worked enough. in I worked in Williamsburg for a long time, so yes, I've been to a place that was haunted. Yeah, like, the whole <laughs> place is like one yeah. of the most haunted places ever. Yeah, and I, I've been on a couple of ghost tours, which were really fun. Um, if you ever go there, you should definitely go on one. Um, and they have several different kinds, so. I love. Um, I think that's the best part of history. Like the ghost tours are just all history with like a couple of stories. But those are the best way to get all the history really quick. I really like. Yeah. Is there? No, you said you love Bach. Is Bach like your favorite composer to play as, Um, or do you have a favorite piece that you like to play every now and then, or is it go to or something? I like to play the Bach cello suites. So the viola and the cello have the same notes, but they're an octave apart. Mm -hmm. So it's really easy. Like if something's written for cello, it's really easy to play it on the viola, just an octave up. So um, as a student, I learned a lot of the Bach cello suites. Um, And so they're very familiar to me, but they also like are challenging. Mm -hmm. Um, And so they take all of my concentration. So that's nice. Um, when I play it and and I can play it by myself that's the other thing I really I used to be in a quartet and we did lots of weddings and I would really love to play like pop arrangements um mm-hmm. those were just like super fun to play we had a, a muse arranged like oh what was it um I don't remember what we had like the Feist one, two, three, four song and, mm-hmm. and all these different pop arrangements. And those were all my, my favorite to play. We had an arrangement of um, the true lies tango. Um, <laughs> nice. I can't, I can't remember what the name of it is. Uh, tango por una something cabeza anyway, but it's the, it's the true lies tango. Mm-hmm. with Jamie Lee Curtis and Arnold Schwarzenegger and we loved to play that together me and my gold quartet so I saw a thing I'm not sure when oh oh I think it was a book I bought called um, Vegetable Gardening the Colonial Lamesburg Way and they have a thing where they tell you to plant things according to when flowers are in bloom Oh. So they tell you, like, when daffodils are blooming, plant this. When the dogwoods are blooming, plant tomatoes and things like that. And I thought that like, that is genius mm-hmm. because you don't have to, like, find your frost date and blah, blah, blah. Like, you just see what nature is doing. And That's if the dogwoods so are blooming where you are, then it's time to plant your tomatoes. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, this is brilliant. That is but, brilliant. Yeah. I need to get that book. I'm going to write it down. Oh, I love that book. It's so beautiful, too. Writing it down. Oh, if I can get my pen to work. Oh, there it is. Vegetable Gardening the Colonial Williamsburg Way. 
Ooh, how many? Can you, do you do accents? <laughs> so my daughter likes me to talk like Vampirina's mommy. <laughs> and Vampirina's mommy has a Transylvanian accent. <laughs> oh, I love that. <laughs> Have we gotten like slap happy now? We're both just like. I know. I'm so hungry. I'm sorry. We've <laughs> been recording for a long time. Yeah. Yes. Is there anything else you'd like to share before we um, I I go so. eat something edible? No, just go, go check me out on, on the YouTubes, The History yes. of Mom Life. I have a Facebook account also, a Facebook page and an Instagram account. Um, I'm still, it's it's a very new thing. I only started in January, so things aren't like super professional, but. Oh, no, but they're so cute. Like, I love it when your kids come on and say that. Like, <laughs> yes. It's very fun. It's so cute. I oh, like one. Me too. <laughs> yeah, share it to our speakeasy page, too. That I will, fun. yeah. Yeah, I want to get to 100 subscribers because then I can have, like, a actual website. I know, right? <laughs> right now, you have to just search YouTube for my channel name. Because mm-hmm. if I try to share the link, it's just, like, YouTube.com slash all yeah. the numbers. Yeah. <laughs> but if I can have a hundred subscribers, I can be at youtube.com slash the history of mom life. So yeah. Okay. <laughs> Probably get you. <laughs> little, little goals. We got you. But I, it's been really great, Jeff. I appreciate all the questions. It was awesome. And it was really great to see Crystal again. Hope. So uh, yeah, I'm hungry. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I appreciate you guys so much and I hope you guys have a good night and uh, we'll talk to you tomorrow. And uh, bye!